cup is the best receptacle for barbecues, tailgates, fairs, and festivals, and you, sir, do not have a pair of testicles if you prefer drinking from glass. A Red Solo cup is cheap and disposable. In 14 years, they are decomposable, and unlike my home... Hello and welcome to the Schmuel Tenenhouse podcast. My name is Schmuel Tenenhouse. This is my podcast. Please, please, thank you, thank you, everybody. Just sit down, relax. It's okay. I took a week off. Nothing bad happened. We're here. That is the most important thing. So, uh, typically, uh, my goal is to make uh, from people. Uh, laugh. This week, though, we delve into a very sad topic. So I want you to hold on uh, for dear life. One of the reasons why I want to address this head on is because I find that uh, oftentimes when there is tragedy in the community, we kind of gloss over it and we kind of look the other way and give off that feeling like, hey, we're strong, we're Jewish, we'll get through this. But sometimes, uh, sometimes it's it's more painful uh, than that. And so, uh, without further ado, I wanted to talk about uh, what looks like and what appears to be the death of a kosher pizza shop. And this is not just any kosher pizza shop. This is uh, Island Crust Pizza Shop, which is in Seattle, and it is the one kosher pizza shop that they have there. So effectively, when they close down, uh, that will be the end of kosher pizza shops in Seattle. And uh, as part of my podcasting and investigative journalists, I wanted to share an audio clip from the current answering machine of Island Crust. Hello. Thank you for calling Island Crust Cafe. We will be temporarily closed as of Wednesday, February 1st until further notice due to staffing shortage. We will reopen as soon as we can. Please do not leave a message since this is not a voicemail box line. Thank you. Have a great day. Now, if you heard the recording, that's the answer machine right now at Island Crust, they say that they're just closed temporarily. But that was back on February 1st. Today is February 23rd. And so, you know... Not to be a negative uh, Nehemia, but at the same time, you know, this is not looking good because, you know, there's a shorting staffage. Uh, uh, there's a staffing sh- shortage. I think I said a staffing shortage. No, staffing shortage. And when I used to live there and we used to eat there, uh, there was a staffing shortage already in the restaurant, which is why sometimes it would take two, three days to get your order. And I have to say the pizza is or was very good. And when I speak to people on the ground in Seattle, some of them uh, don't even want to talk about this incident, uh, about the potential closing of the one pizza shop. I have to say for a Jewish community, when your one pizza shop closes, that is akin to a Jewish cemetery being bombed to smithereens with the difference that... Uh, the people who are getting bombed or the, the cadavers in the cemetery, uh, they're already dead. So it really doesn't impact except maybe the groundskeeper who's there, you know, trying to see what's going on and then a bomb hits. But when the kosher restaurant closes, then, you know, that impacts p- 
people who are alive and living. And uh, now they are deprived of pizza. I have a cousin of mine. He is a rabbi. He is also a chazan. And I asked him to share with me a uh, a small prayer that uh, we can say in memory and to honor uh, the fallen pizzas of Island Crust. And uh, we're going to cut that Kelmale short. Why are we cutting it short? Because the lives of the pizza shop was also cut short. So that's why we did the same thing to the Kelmale. Uh, we're going to come back to uh, the end of the Kale Mali uh, shortly. I want to read off, have a moment to silence one, and then the second thing we're going to do is uh, potentially I want to honor this uh, pizza shop slash cafe because really it was a cafe because they serve soup. Once you serve soup, that goes into the category of a cafe and their salads too. And... Uh, We'll get to that soon, but I want to share a couple of anecdotes about Island Crust Pizza because I lived there, and when I was living there, uh, we had different anecdotes with that pizza shop. So the first first thing is, uh, when I moved to Seattle, my wife and I celebrated our first wedding anniversary, and uh, my wife said, okay, great, where are you going to uh, take me for our first year wedding anniversary. And obviously, uh, because of the type of person I am, how how ambitious of of a personality I am, I said, for sure, I'm going to take you to Island Crust Pizza for our anniversary. This was while we were on the way to the pizza shop slash cafe. And my wife said, well, absolutely not. I refuse to go to a pizza shop for our anniversary. Now, I understood the logic, but at the same point, I wanted to really get dinner. And so we came up with a compromise that we're hungry, we're on the way, we're going to go there to eat pizza. No connection to our anniversary. It just happens to be our anniversary, but we are not commemorating our anniversary, our wedding anniversary, at the pizza shop. So we ended up going, but again, it was not to commemorate our wedding anniversary. That is story number one. Story number two is before, you know, I became a podcast superstar and uh, attracting, you know, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands at this point, possibly millions of listeners across the world. Before that happened, I had more humble beginnings. So what I never shared with listeners this podcast is, at some point in time in my life, I was actually a an aspiring Sheva Brachas coordinator. So somebody got married in Seattle, which happens every 10 or 15 years. And uh, I was there, and the idea was, hey, let's make him a Sheva Brachas. But rather than host a Sheva Brachas and make any food, 
I had this brilliant idea that we can do it at Island Crust Pizza slash Cafe. And so I called a bunch of people and we were all going to split up and everybody was going to pay a certain point, a certain part of the money, cover the cost. And so combined, we'd be able to do a very nice pizza shop, Shavarbrachas. So we met with the restaurant and we're figuring out how many heads are going to be there. Obviously, the heads that we wanted to feed are going to be attached to bodies. We were not just going to bring uh, skulls in there. And comes time, everybody's there, we're serving the food. And at some point in time during the Shavarbrachas, number one, food wasn't coming out quickly enough or we were running out of food or possibly both of those things were happening concurrently. And so the owner of the restaurant graciously started adding pies of pizza to whatever we had ordered, but he didn't check with us in the past. So we get our bill and it's, you know, 50, 100, a couple of hundred dollars more than we had intended to spend. And so, of course, I flip my lid, my head is exploding on top of my head, steam is coming out from, from every orifice of my body. And then, so I speak to him and I say, hey, this, we never ordered these additional pies. This was not part of our cost per head. And so they took the pizza off. There was a couple items that my co shavabrachas coordinator, who will not be named on this podcast, uh, she potentially ad-libbed a couple of items to the menu without running it by the chief shavabrachas coordinator. And so that we did not uh, resolve to take off the bill. And so I ended up putting it all on my credit card, and uh, it's it's a very hectic and stressful moment. Uh, At the end of the day, everybody ended up paying me back for the Shavarbrachas, so I don't know why I was losing it there. I was just losing control for a couple of minutes. But that is a second Island Cross story, Uh, my failed Shavarbrachas coordination attempt, even though I think people had a good time. Uh, The third uh, story I wanted to say in conjunction with Island Cross is recently, as as uh, my fans of this podcast know, I spent some time in Atlanta a couple weeks ago, and I was in a kosher store shopping there, and I said I used to live in Seattle, and the owner of the store in Atlanta said, it, you know, they have that restaurant that, uh, I don't remember what it's called, but it, it takes forever to get your order. And I said, yeah, they actually changed the name of the restaurant now. The new name is It Takes Forever to Get Your Order because that's how people kind of uh, remember it. And so those are just three anecdotes. And I also know that they served ice cream. It wasn't soft ice cream. It was hard ice cream from a, you know, a Klein's uh, container of ice cream. But if you let it melt long enough in your cup it turns into soft ice cream. So it is hard ice cream, but again, if you're patient enough and you just let it sit there for a half an hour, it will then transition into soft serve ice cream. And uh, now I just would like to finish off honoring uh, Island Crust with uh, just reading off some of my favorite uh, items from the menu. So we have... Uh, loaded nachos, that's corn chips topped with savory rice, baked beans, cheddar cheese, fresh jalapenos, pickled jalapenos, pico de gallo, roma tomatoes, diced onions, cilantro, guacamole, and sour cream. 
Next, I want to talk about the Pineapple Express pizza. Olive oil, mozzarella cheese, pineapple, chili flakes, jalapeno, mushrooms, parmesan, pineapple, roasted garlic, red onions, Roma tomatoes. Finally, the eggplant florentine. Breaded eggplant with marinara, sautéed onions, mushroom, and spinach. I'll also just add one last thing, the eggplant parmesan, which is breaded eggplant with marinara, mozzarella, and parmesan. Thank you, and may all those who live in the Seattle Jewish community and Jewish communities across the world be comforted amongst the mourners of Tzian and the pizza lovers across the world. And may we all say Amen. Now, I want to talk about people who have just discovered my podcast and who are anxiously waiting already right now for the next episode. Right now, in this current episode, they are thinking, as they're listening to me right now, when is he going to come out with the next episode? So the good news is, a dear friend of mine last week told me that since the beginning of my podcast, the episodes have been getting progressively worse. Uh, So that is good news for all you new listeners because I do have a back catalog now with 31 episodes. And so if you think today's episode was good, the ones the week before and last year were better and better. And those are available for free on iTunes and Spotify and also on SoundCloud. I wanted to do uh, two quick movie reviews. Uh, Movie review number one. Uh, This was a number two, I saw, rated uh, number two movie on Netflix last night. It was a movie that came out in 2013. It's called Two Guns, and it stars Mark Wahlberg and Denzel Washington. Uh, So my review for this movie is if the U.S. government is listening to this and they're looking for an inhumane way to torture spies or terrorists, just make them watch this movie once or twice. It is a painful watch. Uh, there is a garbage bin typically in Walmart where they have movies, uh, anything basically that Nicolas Cage ever starred in uh, his whole career. There's just a bin of those uh, really inexpensive movies at Walmart. It looks like this movie, Two Guns, they actually filmed it in that garbage bin. That's how poor of a movie it is. The second movie, which I actually want to recommend, is called Vengeance. It's with BJ Novak, and uh, I really enjoyed it. The intro song to this podcast, Red Solo Cup by Toby Keith, I discovered that song through that movie. If you like the office and quirky deadpan humor, uh, this is a, a movie that I really enjoyed, and I believe it is streaming on Amazon, even though I watched it on the airplane. Uh, Ashton Kutcher is in the movie, and he gives a spectacular performance. Uh, Highly recommend watching the movie. I mentioned in my previous podcast that my objective with this podcast is to make from people laugh, and I was not being completely honest with that. Number one, the reason why I wasn't is namely because I was uh, talking and moving my lips, and then the uh, primary thing is there is I do have a much darker motivation, and I'll come clean with that, and that is if I can get a from person who's listening to the podcast and he's drinking something, swallowing some liquids, and 
all of a sudden make a joke and the liquid flies out of his nose, that to me is a sense of satisfaction, right? If somebody is again is, is choking on their own spit or liquid in their throat, and again, some of it gets extracted through a nostril or two nostrils, you will make, I, I, will, I will pass away a happy person knowing that I was able to do that to you. So the next uh, thing I want to chat about a little bit is uh, something seems to me very dystopian. I wanted to get your thoughts here. I wanted to share it with you. And so Amazon has launched a new product called Amazon Payroll. Essentially, here's how it goes. Since most people get their money and they spend it, more than even they have on Amazon just to be able to order stuff and get packages delivered to their house a few times a day. So Amazon now offers for employers that instead of the company paying the employee, the company pays Amazon directly. And you just have a credit with Amazon. Now, whatever you spend gets deducted from your Amazon credits. And uh, if you have any money left over at the end of the month, uh, Amazon will either mail you a check for the balance of whatever you didn't spend with them, or you can roll over whatever money is left to the next month. Now, included with this is you will get, uh, it comes with free Prime membership, and uh, you also get I think maybe uh, 5% off if you do any subscribe and save. So, again, does seem maybe, like I said, a little dystopian. You tell me. If I had a time machine, where would I go? It's a question that I think about oftentimes. Sometimes my wife is talking to me and she says, what are you thinking about now? And I love when she asks me that question. What I'm thinking about is, hey, if somebody gave me the opportunity to go into a time machine, where would I go? Uh after pondering this for many years of my life, I will say unequivocally that I would go to Rome, ancient Rome, when they were building it. And I would go to everybody and say, listen, everybody come here, huddle around. I'm from the future. I know I don't look it with some of the clothing that I wear. This is just sweatpants. They keep me very comfortable. But I'm, I am from the future. Now, you guys have a terrible reputation because whenever a project in the future is taking a long time to happen and people are delaying it because they're just lazy or incompetent, they will always say, hey, Rome wasn't built in a day. So literally maligning you guys, bashmutzing you. And what I want to do is I want to encourage everybody in Rome right here, right now, is let's just build this thing in one day. Let's just build all of Rome. Everybody, everybody come. Get the men, the women, the children, the elders, the robots. Let's build this thing. And that way, in the future, next time somebody is crossing around with some project and he's procrastinating, and he says, well, you know, uh, Rome wasn't, wasn't built in a day. You could be like, are you sure? Because I don't know about you, but if you look in the history uh, Rome actually was built in a day. They, some guy came from the future. He rallied them all. So stop using Rome wasn't built in a day as an excuse for why everything and every project you're working on is taking forever. 
So during a recent Hatsala call, and Hatsala is definitely in the category of a from perk. So it, it dawned upon me that what Hatsala really needs, they have the brand recognition, they have the volunteers, they have the ambulances and the walkie-talkies. What Hatsala though is missing right now, next opportunity for Hatsala, is a medical docu-drama, or just a medical drama, kind of like ER, Grey's Anatomy, West Wing, but it's Hatsala, and it's, it's from characters, and they're dealing with the medical emergencies that happen on a regular Shabbos, a regular Yom Tif, or a regular night, uh, and husbands are talking to wives, wives talking to husbands, and uh, it's all... Uh, from storylines, so uh, it could be a guy by the name of Yochanan, and he gets a a six thirteen call, and he rushes over, and he puts a guy in a stretcher, and there was a Febrang, and they didn't know what's going on, and they take care of him, and then you can actually have Hatzalah Miami, you can have an LA version where some guy gets uh, attacked with a syringe uh, by a homeless guy on the, on the way back from Shul. So every community could have, again, cause kind of like the housewives of Atlanta or Orlando, you would have, again, a local Hatsala version of, uh, of this, of this uh, medical drama. Uh, now, a couple other things I wanted to say. So I wanted to do uh, a service to the community, primarily for men, and I wanted to share an all points bulletin, an APB, and that is uh, for all the from women out there, I wanted to let you know, and this is at the prompting of many husbands who have written into me asking that I provide the service. So what I want to let all from wives know is that right now, the U.S. economy is going through what we refer to as a recession. So it is uh, growth has stagnated. The economy is shrinking. The prices of the things that you are buying these days has actually gone up if you're paying attention to when you swipe that card. Now, what's happening, unbeknownst uh, to uh, this group, this demographic, is uh, people typically in a recession will spend less money. And the idea, the reason why that is, is because people are earning less money. And also now we have inflation. So the cost of things are actually going up. There's less money and it's more expensive. So that, just as an FYI, stop, you should know that is what's going on because clearly from the husbands that I've spoken to and the families that I've observed, even very close to home, doesn't seem like that message has penetrated. And here we have a from podcast. My idea is to enlighten and educate what is going on. Now, as i saying this, I also have a message from the women. Now, this is going to the men in the community. And this is also an APB, a public service announcement. And that is, this is what the women want the men to know.
uh, yes, could be the news says that there's a recession. And yes, pricing for things could be higher right now. And maybe some people are cutting back on spending and vacations and excess. But uh, it's time to buckle up and work harder because we need the money. We got to do the spending. Purim is coming. We got to do shalach manis, nice ones, costumes, Purim Suda, uh, Pesach plans. And so the the basic idea is, yes, I know recession, but, you know, you don't have to be taking a lunch break and there's uh, time during the night where you're putting six, seven hours of sleep where you could be waking up earlier and pot- potentially working with people overseas. Uh, put on your big boy pants and uh, make the money that your family needs to continue going on. I wanted to now talk about a little uh, business, a few business updates. Uh, so this is uh, it's inspiring to see entrepreneurs who take it to the next level and are really uh, use creativity to basically make a lot of money. And so as you know, during COVID, Lots of people got into the businesses of face shields and face masks. And my favorite is completely the, the plastic face shields that people look like, everybody looks like uh, an NHL goalie. And so, uh, you know, once COVID started going away, you know, there's just an excess of these masks sitting around. So one uh, from kid what he's now doing is he is actually repackaging these face shields and making them for sale for uh you know very i would say very lively fabrengans so there's been an issue uh, in fabrengans that when you get together with the wrong people or with some say with the right people Occasionally, what could happen is you can get in the face with a bowl of coleslaw or a bowl of potato salad. So if the person you're sitting across the table is really experiencing a high level of dvekas, what we refer to in Chassidus as ratzoi, they're going to the next level. And uh, to demonstrate that to you or to the other participants who are at the table, they will pick up, like I said, uh, uh, you know, I would say the most popular would be a bowl of coleslaw, and they will chuck it across the table, either so it lands on the wall or in somebody else's face. And that's been preventing some people, such as myself, to come to Febrengen because I don't want no, no, no slaw on the face. And so these face masks that you can now get are the perfect, uh, you know, accessory, for bringing an accessory to take with you. The other thing I want to talk about is an Israeli startup called Once. And the, this is how it works. Uh, so what, you know, the way it works is uh, sometimes you know, people's biggest fear is they'll be in a situation where they don't have a bathroom available or they'll go to somebody's bathroom and they'll stuff the toilet or they won't stuff the toilet but they won't have toilet paper. These are all, 
you know, nightmare situations. So there is an Israeli startup. Again, it's it's former Mossad guys or Unit 8200. What they do is you basically pay, pay an annual subscription. It's called Once. It's just a uh, – they give you a small red button that you carry around. That's the emergency button. And you press that button, and basically uh, you will have uh, the equivalent of Navy SEALs just appear out of nowhere and set you up with a portable toilet, and they have everything you need. Uh, they will have like a scent candle, toilet paper, portable plunger, and uh, there is actually an elevated level within once where it actually includes uh, the sky. So they have air marshals, and I think it's maybe $500 a year, which is not that expensive, thinking, you know, if you think that this is somebody's worst nightmare. Uh, and I've Personally, that's a lot of money for me to pay, but from the people that I know who subscribe to once and who have used the service, uh, they say it is fantastic. Like I know a guy was out camping and uh, he did not want to use the cabin there and he used, you know, he used, he pressed his once button and like, like magic, uh, like two people jumped out of a tree and they set up a little bathroom for him. They had toilet, toilet paper and matches the whole thing worked they actually had a laminated ashiyatsa for him to say which is just an amazing thing uh thursday i by the way have a my own recurring nightmare which is completely different and not related to anything that i said before which is why i, I feel the the urge to share it and that is i go to a gas station i'm in the middle of filling up filling up gas and then i realize that instead of you know having pressed regular I accidentally pressed the premium button, and now I paid an extra 40 cents or 50 cents a gallon. Uh, I have this dream all the time. I wake up in a cold sweat and just need to take a cold shower just to calm myself down and be like, dude, this did not happen. You did not accidentally press the premium button at the gas station. You only do regular. Uh, just relax. This is this is just – it's all a dream. Now, uh, the – other thing I want to say is last Thursday night, I had the idea to kick it with a friend. We went to the Schwitz, but then after the Schwitz, we went to North Miami Beach to buy Chollant. True story. They sell Chollant Thursday night in North Miami. Now, I got Chollant, I got Yapchik, and I also got a piece of Kishka. I will warn everybody that the Chollant was okay. But when I saw the bill, it was $20 a pound of chalant. I don't even know if I got a full pound. But when I saw the bill, I almost made a small chalant in my pants. And uh, I would just warn everybody, if you are ordering chalant on a Thursday night, you want to check the pricing before you get it. I did, even though the, it wasn't the best chalant ever, definitely not after I saw that it cost 20 bucks. I did sleep really well, uh, you know, Chalant, if I don't know how, how many of you are, are aware of this, but there are actually large U.S. pharmaceutical companies who are actually looking at taking some chalant, putting it in uh, a medicine container, and selling that as a, uh, you know, a melatonin alternative to help you sleep and to help you sleep deep. So I actually slept really well last Thursday night. I want you uh, to envision or re 
reimagine cars of the future. And once self-driving is, you know, available to the general public, just imagine that cars will not look like cars of today. The idea of having a front seat, a back seat, a steering wheel, cars will just be pods. You'll just go into it. Uh, you'll press the location you need to go, and you won't do anything. There can have there can be a desk, there could be a table. You can plan your whole vacation like that. And uh, I just wanted to uh, to share that for for no for no apparent good reason. The last thing I want to get to is another serious topic. We started off on a really uh, heavy topic, and so I want to also conclude with a heavy topic, and that is the origins of anti-Semitism. Anti-Semitism is no joke. Uh, it's been a struggle trying to get my, my son a pair of sneakers. Uh, the Yeezys are out. Uh, we got him recently a pair of Kyries, so we had to return those. Uh, we're All we're left with right now as Jews with sneaker companies is we got uh, Skechers, and hopefully no, there's no anti-Semitism at Skechers, and then Tevas from Israel. Uh, those are the two footwear things. Otherwise, the kids have to play uh, barefoot today, the Jewish kids. So anti-Semitism is, is very serious. It's very real. But I want to talk about the origins, where it came about, and what we can do to curb it. I'm not an expert by any means, as is evident from every single thing I've mentioned thus far on the podcast. So where I really think uh, is a common cause for anti-Semitism, and I have a solution for that, is... Uh, how should I say this? Uh, so I think a lot of it can be traced back to Jewish people flying commercially and opening up a tuna sandwich wrapped in tinfoil. That's too much for a plane full of non-Jewish people to handle. In fact, I know the TSA is now uh, looking to ban all tuna sandwiches on an airplane because they worry, uh, you know, if you know if it's in the wrong hands, somebody can force their way into the cockpit and get the pilot to do anything because they'll just say, "Hey, if you if you don't do whatever I, I tell you to do, I'm going to put this sandwich in front of your face." So now I know what you're thinking. Antisemitism has predated airplanes. In fact, antisemitism going around for 2,000 years. So I, 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 I will accept that. I will say, though, that, you know, perhaps, you know, there was an earlier iteration of a tuna sandwich that was not an airplane. Could be it was horse and buggy. Could be it was train, the Jews traveling with their, their, their smelly fish food. But uh, one thing is for sure. For certain is that we don't have to poke the bear. There already is anti-Semitism, and it's legit in the world. One thing that we can do as a Jewish community to respect others and to remain under the radar is not to open up the tuna sandwich on a plane. And I know it's it's filling, and there can be a tomato, and there can be lettuce, and it's on a good roll, but. I think that we should try eating things that are, you know, less obvious on the plane. And for those who are thinking, oh, no problem, I'll just switch my tuna sandwich with, with an egg sandwich, 
I would say that's just as bad. I would say the egg sandwich would be an evil twin brother of the tuna sandwich. I love tuna fish. In fact, one of my favorite things in the world is bar mitzvah tuna. And that is, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, it tastes a, a million times better than any kind of tuna you'll make in your house. It's got, you know, crushed onions and celery and who knows what else in it. I love, I love that. But uh, I do understand if it would cause animosity towards my people if you are on a tight airline uh, cramped in a cabin and somebody opens it up. And so I'm just putting this out there. I don't want to really like cause a huge uproar, but I do think that we can do better. Maybe it's just a, a plain roll. Maybe it's just a plain bagel. Maybe it's a protein bar, but I think we really need to reconsider tuna fish sandwich on commercial airplanes.